Hi there. Welcome to episode number 50. That's right. The 50th episode of The Playground Project. And I'm sitting here with such a smile on my face. So I'm your host, Tanya Pomerantz. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you to The Playground with my mystery, fabulous mystery guest and me. It's just really something else. I can remember walking on the dog walks, the morning dog walks last wintertime, and I was listening to the Captivate podcast about how to start your own podcast. And it took me literally 10 years to get started on it. But once I started listening to the podcast, doing the research, ordering the things I needed from Amazon, I was able to, well, be in business. And on March 8th last year, I debuted my, uh, my podcast, The Playground Project. And I went through my own little pivots because originally it was a bit of a different format. But the way things kind of started happening, I realized that I really wanted to explore people's pivots. So I've been blessed to have the most incredible guests on. And I'm just really excited and really honored and really grateful for everyone for taking time out of their busy schedules to have a, a career conversation, a life conversation with me, with you, with us, really. And before I introduce my fabulous mystery guest for the 50th episode, I wanted to invite you to follow me on Instagram at puddlejumpcoaching001. Or if you want, drop me an email on LinkedIn, say hi. It's always nice to connect with people. And in the doghouse today, I want to just draw attention to the importance of spaying and neutering your pet. I really do feel that it's important to make sure that people's dogs and cats are spayed and neutered so to cut down on the unwanted animal population. Animals are just about the very best thing in the entire world, according to me, uh, and I love them. So I'm always looking out for them. So speaking of things that I love, or people that I love. A few weeks ago, you got to hear kind of the the inside of a uh, somewhat crazy little marriage. And speaking of a crazy little marriage, my fabulous Mr. Guest today is Sue Turpin. I just adore her. She, she and I have been friends since about eesh, the early 2000s, I guess. We used to work together. We'll talk about this, of course. But I just, I'm just so excited. I'm so happy that Sue was able to join me on the playground. So here you go. Please welcome Sue Turpin. Welcome, 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 Sue Turpin. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you to the 50th episode of the this playground is the 50th? project this is the 50th why do you think wow. i asked you 
Yes, yes, That yes. is awesome. That is yep. awesome. This is the 50th one. I'm so, I'm so happy to be here and I'm so glad you invited me. Well, I've been harassing you effectively, or maybe not as effectively as I would have liked, for basically 50 episodes now. You are fantastic. And a few weeks ago, we did an episode with um, with my husband, Gary, and I thought it would just be totally appropriate to have a conversation with my former work husband, who happens to be just one of the most incredible women I have ever, ever met, who I adore and love, and who brings me immense joy. And we are going to have to very much structure this because if the two of us just talked, it would be the most difficult thing in the world to edit. I can't believe you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go. So I'm not the only one who's here. My cat decided to uh, join me. So you might hear me pet her and that sort of thing. And she might come up and meow. Who knows? So she's here with us. She can't hear the conversation because I'm wearing, you know, earbuds. To the listener, you probably can see right now already, you can tell why we get along so well uh, and and why Sue is my 50th episode guest. So everybody knows, you know, I'm going to interrupt, you know, holy cow, you've done 50 episodes or 49 rather. This is the. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So typically I go into somebody's LinkedIn profile and I just read a little bit about them. I can do that if you want, or we can just have a conversation. What do you think? I prefer just a conversation. My LinkedIn profile is a little dry. So, you know, hopefully this won't be as dry as my LinkedIn LinkedIn profile. All right. So I will I will give context, though, because the listener knows that I love making sure people understand how we how I know people. So how I know you? Well, it was back in, I guess, 2004 ish, maybe five. Yeah. When we were working together at CVE and then Mm -hmm. I don't don't know. I went to Callian after that. And then we stayed friends over the years that you know yeah we'd have those lunches we i remember when we would uh, get together for lunch and three hours later (laughs) yep yep (laughs) oh we better i think we better get going now (laughs) yep then when i was working at oc so when we needed somebody a career coach to come in like and hit the ground running i said hey we should ask sue and then not only did you come in and, and hit the ground running you were phenomenal. And when it came to finding somebody to be my partner with the Finn mentorship program, I was like, okay, it's got to be Sue. It has to be Sue. Oh, and then you, you did. Know, I, I still appreciate you bringing me on board because that was four years of the best, you know, work I think I've ever done. And that's because that was with you. There you go, honey. Oh, you're so sweet. I feel the same way. I mean, it it's like the conversations that we had and the the laugh, uh, like the laughter and just knowing that you know, you got me. You got all my anxiety and my worry and my buckshuckalukness, you know, my inability yeah. sometimes to communicate effectively. 
and you just dealt with me and yeah, it's, and, and you're just what? Yeah, no, you, you did the same with me. There are times where you talk me off a ledge. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's, that was what the, the magic was, was the chemistry and we, we had fun and we yeah. had some serious conversations and we had some ridiculous conversations and, and hilarious conversations. So yeah. It, we absolutely did. And we both knew and we both said it many, many times. We were so grateful to be able to work together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I miss most. Now that we're not working together, um, I, I miss that a lot. I don't expect to recreate that magic because that was unique. And there will be new magic somewhere, but it, you know, it won't be the same kind of magic. Yeah. But... Yeah. The magic that was during that program is still the magic that is between you and me. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's, and that, that's what I, I love and appreciate. So Sue, tell us where'd you grow up and where'd you go to high school? So I am from Ottawa. I was born and raised in Ottawa and went to, I actually live maybe uh, less than half a kilometer away from my high school. I lived most of my life in Ottawa. My husband, Rob, and I, we had a, a stint in the Caribbean and in Florida. And when we started a family, we decided to return to Ottawa to be close to family. So yeah, we're happy we did. Did you have other options? Well, there was an option. We settled in South Florida. And I went back to school there, where I, I did my professional master's in occupational therapy. And we had a thought of raising a family in Florida, because life was good there it, at the time. I wouldn't say so now. It's changed quite a bit since we've been there since the 90s. But we had considered living there to start our family and to raise a family there and work there. So it was it was an option and then when I got pregnant we decided that no let's let's move back to Ottawa and we we've, we've been back here ever since so that's since 1999. So you know when you move away and then you come back and this was kind of you know before the internet and all of that like when I came back from Singapore I felt like I was a complete stranger in this in this country and in this city. Did you feel that way yeah. or did you have a more, you know, a deeper connection? Well, it's interesting. I, no, I, I I, kind of wanted to stay anonymous. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Eh? I, I kind of liked uh, when we lived abroad, I kind of liked the idea of, of a certain anonymity that goes with it and, and the excitement of living abroad. And then when mm -hmm. we came home, it felt in a way, it felt like a very permanent thing. And I was, it took me, it took me a little while to get over that. And I guess this, you know, tying this into careers, the, the notion of feeling stuck that happens along the way every now and then, it was like that when we came back, it was our choice and we're happy we came back. But there was that sort of sense, oh, I don't want to feel stuck. I don't want this to be a permanent thing i wanted to still be able to live abroad we almost did but you know we didn't really have to and i got over that feeling of feeling stuck because we're not stuck 
this is just a choice we made. So I didn't feel like a stranger. I, it, okay. I felt like, oh gosh, you know, I, I still want to grow and go out on adventures and stuff like that. It's just the adventure is different, you know? It's not the traveling adventure or living abroad adventure. The different Which kind. is kind of interesting because that's making me think about newcomers who start their their journeys, their their lives over here, and mm-hmm. they have to get used to these new adventures and this mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. new people and everything. Yeah, I, I just appreciate that kind of reminder. So, okay, let's go back to high school for a second. Did you know what you were going to do? after high school, like when you went to university? And was it a given that you were going to go to university? I think it was a given that I was going to go because I think there there, there was an expectation of it. And, and I think we over, not over, it's not overestimate. I think we, we put too much stock in going into university, you know? So, so there was, I'm not saying it's a bad, like, I don't want to downplay the, the education but it's not for everyone. And so, but there was an expectation that I'd go to university. I, I wanted to make my parents proud. I was strong academically. And I thought, well, you know, I would like to, I, at, the, at the time, I was thinking I'd become a genetic engineer. <laughs> so, or bio, uh, yeah, a bioengineer. And so at the time, I decided to go into sciences and biology, and that's what I studied in university. It's not what I ended up doing career-wise. So even even while in university, I pivoted mm-hmm. in the sense that you know, I, I, I while I find genetics really fascinating and still do, um, it wasn't something I wanted to do career-wise or go into research, for example. How did you know that? So, oh well. A lot of the courses I took were really boring, and I wasn't really committed student when I was at university. So I wasn't doing that. Like I, I, I this is this is how my. If you were to look at my transcript, I had A's and C's. Like there were hardly any meet in between. So like the courses I really liked, and I, you know, right, uh, your A's. I usually, I usually did pretty well in. The, the mm-hmm. courses that I did not like, and there are quite a few of those, uh, they were just painful. I didn't do so well. I managed to pass them. So, you know, I had to think about, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick it out to, long enough to get my degree and then figure it out afterwards. And that took a long time. And it still does because I never stuck to the one career anyway. <laughs> and so then what happened after and, that? And that, well, then I, um, I worked. It was my first government job with the uh, Ministry of Health, the Ontario Ministry of Health, and I was working in a public health lab. And so there, I, I worked for two years. It was it wasn't a great a great job, and at the time, the work environment was literally and figuratively toxic. So I was de- I was dealing with toxic materials, and also it wasn't a happy place to be working at. You know, there are a lot of very disgruntled workers there, and so that was just for a couple of years. Because at that point, uh, Rob and I were just uh, married, and we decided to live abroad, and that's what brought us to uh, the Cayman Islands for a couple of years. And then, and so in the Cayman Islands, I began working in. Um, as an admin in a moving company. So they did exports, imports, and local 
moves. And I learned a lot doing that. I, you know, learned a lot about small businesses and processes. <laughs> and you love those. I, I really like process. I like process, but um, no, it was, it, I learned a lot of things. And, and then, then we moved to Florida and where I went back to school and that's where I did my, my OT degree. Okay. So a couple of questions. First of all, did Rob get the job before going to like to the Grand Cayman Islands or what how how did that happen? Rob just became just got his CA designation. So that would be the chartered accountant des- designation. Nowadays mm-hmm. it's it's CPA, but at the time it was a CA. Oh. And and so it was through his work that we w- obtained a transfer to the Cayman Islands. So he worked mm-hmm. there as a CA for one of the one of the firms in Grand Cayman. So that's what took us there. We we almost went to Europe, but at the time it was the early nineties. Now I'm really dating myself here. Okay, so mm-hmm. it was early nineties, and Europe was going through a recession. So at back mm. in the day when we didn't have internet, there was sort of a time lag between major economic regions, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and so we experienced session in the, in the late 80s. And then Europe experienced it just a little bit later. I remember we were almost going to move to Luxembourg. And at the very, almost at the last second, they decided not to fill that position with an accountant. So because of the recession, they couldn't bring on new people. So Grand Cayman came up just, Hmm. you know, out of the blue. And at the time, we didn't even know where it was. We just heard it was in the Caribbean and we had to look (laughs) in an atlas. And you found it. So I found it. A question then for you as, as a career coach, you know, when we're working with newcomers and they're, they're, starting to find a job and all that. How easy was it for you to find that job? The constraints were such that I needed a work permit, which I did not have. So that was probably the biggest barrier is to find um, someone who would take their chance on me. And so at that point, once, once I got the role, I could work there for a little bit and then you know, the work, they, then they could sponsor me for a work permit. Hmm. So that's, that was part of the, that was the challenge. And it didn't take that long to do. Also at the time, I came from a science background. I didn't have any desired skills at the time. <laughs> there weren't that many labs around and I didn't have the qualifications to do the testing, although I could learn, but you, I would have needed a designation for, for some mm-hmm. lab testing. And uh, so I worked a little bit as a tutor for some high school kids. And, and so I, I, I didn't really have really good marketable skills. So I was lucky looking back, I, I was pretty lucky that someone took a chance and it was because the owner of the company used to travel the world as a seafaring, you know, mm-hmm. sea merchant. And okay. one of his favorite places, he's, he, you know, he's from Honduras originally and settled in Grand Cayman. But one of his favorite places in the world was St. John's, Newfoundland. So he had this high regard for Canadians, <laughs> you know, so 
So he was kind of happy to bring me on, even though I wasn't from St. John's. <laughs> so you mentioned before, you said you kind of, you even started pivoting in university. So the whole concept of this, the playground project is, um, well, it's just like a, like a hangout on a, on a playground, quite honestly. So we find our purpose. Like if we're lucky, if we've done all of our work, if we've gone through all of that, we find our purpose, then we create a plan and then life happens. So tell us about life, please. Well, finding purpose kind of mobilizes, it helps you mobilize all the resources that you have, internal strength and, and, and external resources. And you create goals and you pursue them, you know, and so that you can fulfill that purpose. And I think I've done that quite a few times because I find there's no single purpose. We create or discover new purposes along the way, mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of been my career trajectory. My career tra trajectory has never been a straight line. It's always been convoluted. Mm -hmm. And when I look back, it's because, you know, maybe I have achieved that purpose or maybe that purpose wasn't really what I thought it was going to be, or now I want something new, uh, you know, so for a variety of reasons, you know, I've pivoted. Sometimes things are thrust upon you and that you yep. have to pivot no matter what, if you want to survive. Sometimes change is thrust upon us, uh, whether we like it or not. And, and that's what life is. <laughs> so yes, it is. And I think that we're going to survive this and take control of that. We need to, to be very flexible. I was, I was going to say confident, but even sometimes in the absence of confidence, we can still manage to do it because somehow we find it, <laughs> find some kind of strength and courage to get, go through it, right? Even when mm. we, we may not feel as confident as we'd like to be. I was asking you about your pivots because uh, I wanted to hear about a certain big one, which is your musical thing oh it's that part oh yeah yeah well, okay so let me tell you about this okay this is what i learned <laughs> about myself okay. balance is something i value tremendously in my life yeah. so and when you know when you're out of balance that's when you fully appreciate what balance is <laughs> yep. when you're off kilter and so the music has always been with me since i was a kid when you know, getting back to that question that you had in high about high school, I almost went to study music in university instead of sciences. So I've been playing music since I was 11. I've been wanting to play music since I was three years old. So it's always been part of my life. And there was a part there, there was a point in that in around 2006 or so, I had a burnout with work. I left and I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years. But during that period, I rediscovered music because I had put it on the back shelf for quite a number of years. You know, life got in the way. We were starting families and I was really, it was working uh, really hard. But when I, when I took the time away from work, paid employment because, you know, I was taking care of family. That's a lot of work. Uh, it is. <laughs> when, I, when I took a break from that, I rediscovered music and, and learned or discovered how so important it was for me to maintain this balance in my life. So 
even though I am not earning an income from music, I still need to have it in my life. And so I kind of see my life as a three-legged stool, maybe four, I don't know. Well, those things that are, that keep me, keep me solid. And so that's my family, purposeful work and music. And when something is becoming too much, then I could feel that balance starting to give. But that's what balance is. It's always dynamic. It's never static. So sometimes work, you know, there's a lot of that, but that's okay. As long as I go back to the music or as long as I spend time with my family and to keep me grounded, there's that all, there's that interplay between all three legs. Legs. (laughs) So, okay, then question for you. What do you do if you are recognizing that there is a growing amount of when things are are really not balanced in your life? How imbalance. You, Im- Im- yes, yeah. thank you. How do you go back to a, a sense of balance in your life then? That's that raised awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So when you become aware of, holy cow, I'm spending way too much time working or obsess obsessing over work mm-hmm. yes there's sometimes that you you put you know you may put in a lot of time but even if you're just putting in your seven eight hours a day if you're constantly obsessing over it you know that's gonna yeah. that can lead to burnout as well it's being aware where there's maybe too much lack or too much of something and mm-hmm. and being committed to do something about it so and being deliberate mm. about it for example right now i'm in between jobs i'm waiting for a security clearance to come through and hopefully i'll be starting work in the next couple of weeks or so but you know it's been a while since i've been waiting for that security clearance to come through and so this work thing is starting to the lack of work is starting to make me feel imbalanced and uh so right but i know that it's going to happen eventually so you know that then i'll make sure that i stay balanced and i'm still spending time with with my family and taking care of my family and and engaging in music and so on and so forth so it's understanding I think it's that raised awareness that helps you decide, okay, what kind of pivot do I need to do? And, and also I need to commit to doing that. Yeah. I, that's the challenging part for, for me is that, is that commitment? Like, you know, like exercise, I know how important that is. And, and I know the concept of doing something today that your future self will, will thank you for. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. I don't have it yeah. in me to go and do. And I'm telling you, I wish I wish I had somebody in my life that would just grab me and take me and say, "Listen, we're going to do this. You're going to well, going to work, you know." I I'm, <laughs> I subscribe to an app and I've been doing that. Yes, I have more time and hopefully, you know, when I when I go back to work Hopefully I'll squeeze that in. But anyway, I, I, I got an app mm. and I can do about 10, 15 minutes of full body workout a day, sometimes longer than that. Sometimes it's an hour, but I can an do hour. that as long sometimes, sometimes, Oy, geez. but, um, 
but some of them like today I did it for 15 minutes and I, and then, uh, you know, I went for a long walk, but yeah. So anyway, what's I'm kind of, I I think it's called just fit. I'll put it in the show. It's, notes. It's, it's, it's a little pricey for an app though, but you know, it's getting me going. I'm working out. I take out my yoga mat. I put all my sh- my running shoes on and, you know, do my exercise or whatever. So is there a free so time? I've been doing that? No, 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 it's not a free time. Just fit. Come on, people. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. So all of that, and I know you, and I know, I bet a hundred percent, I know the answer to this question. Well, there's two questions. The first one is what are you most proud of? Oh, well, that's, that's pretty easy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of the fact that I can wiggle my ears. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love you. And so, yeah, I would say, I would say my family, I would say my family, you know, I'm proud to have been married to this fantastic man and that we have three amazing boys who are now, you know, young men. And who are getting on with their lives, which is still, I sometimes think about how, where, where did that time go? But they're getting on with their lives and it's, it's looking really positive for them. And so that's what I'm most proud of. I knew yes. that. And let, and let me just say, as an objective person within the, the discussion, um, you've got a beautiful family. Your kids are wonderful, wonderful young men, and your oh, husband is you. an equally wonderful man. And they are very, very lucky to have you as the the matriarch of of your family. You know, and um, you, well, I'm a huge Sue fan. I think you know, I'm, I'm basically <laughs> fangirling right now over you. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but I have a question for you, just based okay. on the fact that I don't have children, but I am a child. Is that? Uh, <laughs> what? I was going to say, really, you don't? <laughs> no, you have you you have a beautiful canine variety child. <laughs> I know, and I've had two fur baby. Yes, I've had two beautiful fur babies, and I I'm I'm so well. You know what? I'll tell you something before. I am who I am now. I was a mom of another black dog named Kelly, Kelly Belly, mm. and who was a sweet dog as well. So I've been very, very blessed to have wonderful canine fur babies. But okay, so here, what's it like to like, it's it's like the consciousness or something of of the family so that you know that when you went off and you and Rob, you know, started your family and did your own thing. You kind of drifted away from from your parents, right? So yeah. you you experienced that. And now you're experiencing that from the other side. What does that yeah. feel like? Well, so far I feel like the kid our kids haven't drifted too far. In fact, you know, my son is and his girlfriend are going to move into an apartment just across the track on the other side of the tracks, literally. <laughs> um and we're pretty happy about that. At the same time, we don't know where life is going to take them, right? It could be outside Ottawa. You know, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Christian is 
thought about moving away, depending on where work might take him. Same with Nicholas. So we haven't experienced that yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. So ask me if Hmm. or when that happens. It'll be interesting to see. The one thing that I do not want to do is get in their way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they feel like they need to move to Australia, well, then do what you got to do. You know, I won't stand in your way. I'll come visit you and all that sort of thing. And I certainly won't put any guilt trips. I find it's really important to let our adult children decide on how they want to live their lives and where and with whom. So that's if Christian wants to move out West, well, then he can move out West and we'll, we'll be sure to visit him. And I know I'll miss him dearly, but that's okay. You know? And I find that interesting too, from the perspective of as a child, as a family, we grew up away from our family. So Mm. I never, I've never had that, that sense of, of rootedness in, in, you know, within a family structure. Uh, So I'm, I think that's, I think that's very cool. So I know that you're proud of them. What brings you joy? Oh my gosh, there's so many things that bring me joy. Okay. I mean, of course, getting back to those three things in my life, you know, that keep my life in balance, especially the family one and the music one. And a lot of it has to do with community. And so, so our family, we're going to, we're going to meet here on at home on Sunday to watch Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I don't even know who's playing in the Super Bowl. It's just an excuse to get together and eat some junk food. What the hell? Well, I can tell you it's, uh, it's Kansas City versus San Francisco. And yes, that's the junk food. And so, so we're going to do that. And, um, that brings me joy. It, that, that, we can all get together and laugh and play games. And um, I love that music as well. I love Mm -hmm. being able to express and music and create, but I also love playing with other musicians, creating something together. Yeah. And I'm going to give you and Ash Ravens uh, a shout out because you played on uh, the Blues Fest stage last year for the first time. Yes. Yes. That was a thrill. That was an yeah. absolute thrill. You yeah. were fantastic. And you were there. And you were I there. Was. <laughs> Are you kidding? I would never have missed that. You, it was unbelievable. It was so, so special. And yeah. I'm I am so proud of you and I still have that CD that you gave me as a little thank you for bringing you on to Osiso and you I think you are so talented and you are a gift. I am so blessed to be part of of your world and have you as as to be a big part of mine. And I will say this, a big uh happy birthday to you because tomorrow is your special day. Don't it's think I forgot that. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm super thrilled. So what else brings you joy? I'll tell you I'll tell you something that happened recently. So we, we recently we recently were in the Cayman Islands over the uh, or the the holiday break. 
And uh, one evening we went out to take this bioluminescence tour. And we went out on kayaks to this bay and it was at night and the stars were all out and it was warm and it was still and tranquil. And we put our paddles in and this, the, the, the water would just glow because of the plankton that would just illuminate once, you know, you may, you, you would move them or, or put the paddle in. And it was just such an amazing, amazing evening. And like, just to witness that, like the, the joy that I felt and no one, if you could see me, if you could have seen me, I had the biggest smile on my face the entire time we were there. I just couldn't get enough of it. Like it was just, it was just so incredible. And, and I find being in awe of nature. And whatever that brings me joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm getting a feeling of joy just listening to your level of joy. That you <laughs> from that. It sounds uh, uh, exceptionally uh, beautiful. And okay, so uh, even though I don't want this to end, what is your motivational quote or uh, words that you live by? Okay, so this is um, Leonardo da Vinci. It's, uh, it's, it's not a concise quote, but it's just a really good way of helping me maintain balance. Every now and then, have a little relaxation for when you come back to your work, your judgment will be sure. Go some distance away because then the work appears smaller and more of it can be taken in at a glance and a lack of harmony and proportion is more readily seen. So sometimes, you know, we can obsess over things and not be able to get any further. And so, but sometimes it's just good to let go or to step away and adopt a new perspective. That's sort of my MO. (laughs) I like it. And you have a, a beautiful place that you go to, which also brings you joy. And it satisfies that need to get that distance away. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I don't even know what to say. I don't know how I can say thank you for being this very special guest on the 50th episode of The Playground Project. I'm so excited and thankful for you. Well, thanks. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. And thank you so much for asking me. And um, I know you asked me before, but I'm glad you waited for number 50. <laughs> and congratulations again for making thank this you. your 50th. There's commitment right there and there's pivot right there. It's because I love it. It's because I really <laughs> love being able to have these conversations with people and share them and and highlight and showcase and and everything. So it's uh it's one of my purposes. It's one of the legs on my stool, I guess. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Sue. Okay. And, um, we'll mm, we'll talk to you soon, sweetie. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye bye. What a fantastic hangout on the playground together with you today. I don't even know what to say. Your conversation inspired me to seek balance in my life. And your idea 
your analogy of the three-legged stool really hit home for me. And I can very much appreciate that it's family and music and meaningful work for you. And as someone who had the utmost privilege and pleasure and honor of being able to work with you for just about six years, I would think, I, I don't know, it, it's not long enough, I'll tell you that much. I miss you so much, Sue, and I'm grateful for every moment that we got to spend together working, and we just knew it. I mean, how many conversations would we have with, how lucky are we that we get to work together? The magic, there was definitely magic there. So I hope people gained some insight into career development, perhaps into family planning, and joy, and finding joy where you can, uh, kayak in the Grand Cayman, or if it's just a, a walk in the park, or a really great meal with friends. That's what life is all about, feeling joy, finding joy, and appreciating things. So I appreciate the heck out of Sue, and of course, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at PuddleJumpCoaching001. And just a reminder to spay and neuter your pets. And what a celebration of 50 episodes. It's been a crazy year. And it's a wonderful way to cap it off. Actually, March 8th is coming up, which is my official one-year anniversary and International Women's Day. And wow, yeah, the things that can happen in a year. So I found a quote by Malala that I just love. I raise up my voice, not so I can shout, but so that those without a voice can be heard. We cannot succeed when half of us are held back. So I really want to thank Sue, and I want to thank you for hanging out with me and with my amazing Mr. Guests for 50 episodes now. My next fabulous Mr. Guest is also a beautiful person, and I'm really looking forward to hanging out on the playground together on next week's episode. So until then, please be good to yourself, be good to others, be good to animals and the environment. And see you on the playground next time when we will jump into the future together. Thank you.